Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Delighted to have as my guest in this episode, Dr. Pooja Lakshman. Dr. Lakshman is a psychiatrist and the author of the new book, Real Self-Care, a transformative program for redefining wellness. Crystals, cleanses, and bubble baths not included. A delightful title. There's a lot to unpack there. And Pooja and I have been talking about her coming on the show for quite some time before this book was even conceived. Having her on now to talk about this idea of self-care, wellness, what these terms mean, how they can mean different things to different people, and the importance of each individual being empowered to kind of walk their own journey amidst systems and structures that make it extraordinarily difficult to do so. We had a really, really good time. We had a, this was some provocative stuff. We were definitely out on the sharp edge. It's very exciting because as we've talked about on Explore the Space before, this is material that Like Pooja, there are questions to be asked. What are we being asked to do? Why are we being asked to spend time and money on these things? The way she presents the material, it's good stuff. It's a different approach. It's an entirely different mindset. It's one that I liked a great deal. And getting to speak with her about it firsthand, right around the time the book came out, the book is on shelves now. There's links in the show notes. It was it was the right time for it. It was really, really exciting. And to to understand the path that she's walked to get her to the place where this book is now out. This is the sort of thing that we need to be seeing from more and more healthcare professionals. I think I think there's a real demand from the public for it, and certainly from within the profession of healthcare, wherever you are, you know we see and hear these terms all the time. But really having a sense of what it means to take ownership of it and do it in a real way, absolutely critically important stuff. Before we get to the episode, a shout out to our friends at the Women in Medicine Summit for helping make this episode possible. The Women in Medicine Summit is an absolutely tremendous conference that takes place in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd. Definitely sign up to register www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. Content around leadership, structural change, collaboration, negotiation, you name it. It's a really robust two days. It's a packed schedule. The speakers are just superb. And the, the opportunity to be among these people in this amazing environment at the Drake Hotel, it's just really, really special. The, the founder and the, the showrunner, Dr. Shika Jane, she's been on Explore the Space a bunch. I'm delighted that Explore the Space is a sponsor of the Women in Medicine Summit. I will be there this year. I'm super excited I get to speak. You see it on social media. You see it on Twitter. We talk about it a lot. Come to this one. It, it, it'll be worth your while. It's a really remarkable experience. I'm delighted to be a part of it. Please do check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast, www.explorethespaceshow.com. Check out the merchandise store as well, www.explorethespaceshow.com forward slash Merch, really proud of what's in there. I think you'll really like it. So definitely take a look. Hit me on Twitter at ETS Show. Hit me on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And you can email me anytime, Mark at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. The archive of the podcast is packed. Check it out wherever you like to download your shows. Please leave that five star rating and review. That really helps us out. And please do share the show with your friends and colleagues, both in and out of medicine. That really helps us out. And look, the archive is packed. We've got over 300 episodes in there. You know, get amongst it, have a look around. It's evergreen content. It goes all the way back into 2015, and it's just fantastic stuff in there. I'm super proud of it, and I hope you can have a chance to take a look. If you enjoy the TV show Ted Lasso, do not miss Med Lasso. We are on fire with that one. There's going to be tons more content coming, so enjoy all of that as well. Speaking of enjoyment, 
finally got Dr. Lakshman on the show. It was an absolute treat to have her. Delighted she was here. Her book is out, Real Self-Care. It's fantastic. Delighted to speak with her. You're going to really enjoy this. So now, Dr. Pooja Lakshman. Pooja, welcome to Explore the Space podcast. I'm delighted you're here. I'm so excited that to be here. It's been a long time coming, as we were saying before we pressed record, but I think probably it's been like a year or maybe it's like been two longer years. than that. Yeah, it's been a couple <laughs> of years because honestly, I feel like we were trying to tee things up for you to come on in the wake of your New York Times article, but mm-hmm. I don't think the book was on the radar yet. And then the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we reconnected, gosh, six months ago, nine months ago. Hey, let's try to figure this out. And there's a book coming. And does that sound right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, the book deal came after the New York Times article. And um, and then it took like two years to write the book. And so it's just it also is just a testament to how long the process is for any of this stuff, whether it's a book or a podcast or any of the things it's like you sort of see the blast on social media when someone's promoting it, but the behind the scenes is quite long and grueling and um, not glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting though, to think about like the, there are books by physicians that are starting to come out, right? It's, it's end of quarter one, beginning of quarter two of 2023, the books are starting to come out. They're not what I thought they were going to be. I think myself and a lot of people were expecting, here's my experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's not what we're getting. And I'm glad for it, quite honestly. I don't want to read about the COVID-19 pandemic and people's experiences um, right now, maybe someday. I like seeing this diversification of physician opinion in print form. Is that, a, is that, is that desired when you set forth to write, when you said, I've got a book idea, here's the treatment, here's the goal, was the pandemic on the radar? Were people asking for that? Or was this, were they seeking out really diverse topics from physician writers? You know, my journey getting to writing real self-care was a little bit, so it started before the pandemic. It started in 2019. Um, I, around that time had made, after years in psychoanalysis, made the decision to leave kind of full-time academic work and had negotiated Um, with GW, where I'm on the clinical faculty, to start a private practice. And around that time, I went to the Harvard Writers Conference, their CME conference that's specific for people who want to, um, physicians who want to get into writing. And this was, I think, like June 2019. Yeah, June 2019. And so while I was there, I actually met some folks with an academic press who wanted me to write a pregnancy postpartum mental health book that was going to be for mass mark for the mass market audience, but it was an academic press. I actually signed a contract with them and that or almost signed a contract with them, I should say. And but in that period of time, and that was like a year-long process of getting to that. I started writing for the New York Times, which came out of my Instagram work and my current agent found me. Oh, if I just dropped that in there, I started writing for the New York Times. <laughs> It's a really big um, deal, but okay, but, go on. <laughs> um, but so I actually ended up breaking up with the academic publisher and deciding to take a risk to write this book on self-care and the tyranny of self-care and systemic injustice and what we do instead and a little bit of memoir. And it was a risk because I, at that time, did not have a big social media following. Um, 
And I didn't really know what the book concept really was. Um, my agent and I worked together for a year and a half on the proposal. Wow. And there was no guarantee that anybody was going to buy it either. Like, you know, it was yeah. like really a, a big risk. Um, and I like to kind of describe it as like, that was one of the ways that I put real self-care. You know, my whole thesis of the book is that real self-care isn't a thing to buy or a thing to do. It's like in your decision-making. And so that was my decision-making. Like my value there was like, well, you know what? Like, yeah, I could write a book about pregnancy postpartum because I'm a perinatal psychiatrist. That's my training. Like those are the patients that I see. But like, that's not really the book that I really want to write. Like, this is the book that I really want to write. Um, so I kind of took that risk and invested in myself to see if it would go. Also with the caveat that um, I have a partner who was very supportive of that and, you know, supported me in starting a private practice and, you know, me losing my health insurance and going on his health insurance and, you know, him having a stable income, right? Like there was a lot of structural stuff and privilege that enabled me to sort of like jump and say, I'm going to spend a year and a half working on a book proposal that may or may not go anywhere. When you're um, in the space of creating a book proposal though, and I'm asking from the perspective of there's, there are more and more physicians, I think, who are acknowledging sort of the pluripotent skill set that we have and their creative side, and they have books in them and they have skills within them. Acknowledging like your book is not, you know, the COVID memoir or it's, and it's not the typical, what I think many of us are used to when we will talk about the sort of usual wellness, quote unquote, treatment that we might be used to seeing. Do you think there is an appetite for the diversified physician perspective on life and life's experiences as opposed to maybe what we're used to seeing from physicians writing books? I think so. I think I think it's I would say it's probably a result of a couple of things, certainly social media and how yeah. social media has been empowering for physicians like I my personal take in terms of being a physician and social media is I owe really all of my writing so far to, I mean, really Twitter to start because it was the women in medicine chat where I first started Interesting. Um, yeah. being able to sort of like be a human out in the open, <laughs> right? Right. Like shocking. Um, and, and also like spaces like this, Mark, where it's like people like you who are like, like your podcast isn't, CME medical information. No, right? it is not. It's not. It's like, let's <laughs> it's bring doctors on. It's not that. Right. And like, let's just actually talk about like, how do we do this without losing right. ourselves? You know? Right. And I think social media, social media brought us that. I think also obviously like the pandemic and like this, just the sheer level yeah. of suffering um, that we've seen in the medical community. Um. Yeah, I absolutely. I think it is. But I do yeah. think it's hard. It's like I know so many physicians who and I do mentor in particular, like women of color who are trying to get into writing for the popular press or entrepreneurship or all these different things. And like it can feel really crowded because it is there's so many voices and it's hard to know, like, yeah. what is your lane and how do you get yourself out there? How do you do it in a way that feels meaningful and authentic and um it's not easy. And, you know, there was a period of time, again, going back to privilege, I was able to take a pay cut and start a private practice. And because I'm a psychiatrist, it's a lot easier to do that, you know, because for me to have a private practice, like I just need to rent sublet office space and pay for an EMR. I don't need any like fancy equipment, you know, like it's like relatively self-contained. 
Um, but I spent probably almost a year doing Instagram. Like, I mean, I don't like maybe full time you could call it. Right. Because mm, like to build yeah. something like I'm sure you have experienced this too. Like it takes a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of energy. It's not just like. It is gratifying though, when you're doing that to see that there is interest and a market and demand. And I think as we think about healthcare professionals, you know, putting pen to paper, colloquially speaking, right? They're doing it not just as an action, but there's a demand for it. There is this normalization of, of the whole physician, the whole nurse, the whole healthcare professional writing, talking, communicating, doing stuff on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. And it's a it's a welcome voice. It's an it's an interesting voice. And I think that that space, though, your your work clearly has a pedigree to it and a track record. But now with right the printed book, I think that there will be a real appetite for it. We're going to we're all going to find out. But I think that there is it's a good time. I think it's a it's a good time. And I am excited that there are people who have taken the risks that you have laid out and and created something like this. It must feel rather gratifying to now be kind of on the precipice. Um, gratifying is one word. Um, <laughs> it's not the right one, evidently. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of things. Like all of these sort of like, quote unquote, peaks, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, it's exciting. Okay. And I am proud of myself for you know, getting here, it's also right. really overwhelming. Um, and, and also because in my book, I talk about my past, which does have trauma in it. And um, so that's like, that's tough and heavy too, because it's sort of like, I'm a very different person than I was 10 years ago when some of the stuff I talk about in the book, but like, as I'm talking about it, I have to kind of like touch that again, but let me not like, just be here like, boohoo, what was me? I wrote a book, like, you know, like, <laughs> No, it is. It does feel really nice. Like the thing that feels the best. And this is like the same as being a doctor. Um, like, yes, last week I was doing something for the book. And one of the person, people that were interviewed was interviewing me was like, oh, Pooja, I found your account a couple years ago when my when I have depression, my psychiatrist took me off my medication because he told me it wasn't safe to be on an SSRI during pregnancy. And I found your account and it really helped me understand that I needed to find a specialist. I needed to find a perinatal psychiatrist. I found a perinatal psychiatrist. I got back on my antidepressants. I felt so much better. I shared it with two of my friends who went through like a very similar thing. Like that's like, that's just, that's, that's the reason that we do that's all this stuff. That's, we, right. that's right. That's why we do this. But yeah. it must be nice though, too, to acknowledge, right. You get to now embark on a whole new adventure and you get to have some fun with it, but that's coming out of the sweat equity account. This wasn't gifted yeah. to you, right? This was many years and a great deal of investment of a wide variety of things that, that you and anyone who puts a creative endeavor like this into the public sphere under uh, you know, a publishing house like Penguin, like this is this is this is the big leagues. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm not very good at having fun though. Like that's like Oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> funny that you say that. So okay. <laughs> You'll like this. I get asked, and I imagine you do too, what advice would you give to yourself when you were younger? What advice would you give to medical students? What advice would you give to residents? It sort of depends on the time of year, right? Mm -hmm. Like when the medical school classes are about to start or like match day, which is coming up or the, you know, the, in, whatever. What would you, the advice would you give to yourself and, or to others? I always say the same thing. It's remember how to have fun. Don't have fun, not to go and have fun. It's remember how to do it. What about it specifically for you is fun 
make sure you remember how to do that because I forgot. Um, and it's an active practice to continue now too. So hearing you say that is validating me because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like anything else you have to remember how to do it. Yeah. It's funny. Like the first time that I went to therapy was when I was in med school and my chief complaint when I showed up was, um, that I didn't have any hobbies. I didn't know what to do if I wasn't studying and I knew it was a problem then. Um, and I, I, I can't say that I fixed it. I'm still terrible at hobbies, but at least now all of the work that I do is very much work that I love doing and is aligned right. with who I am. I so think you're differentiating yeah. the work and hobby, right? I mean, your, your work and hobby are two very distinct things for you because acknowledging, yeah. right, you're a practicing psychiatrist. You're also now an author. Can one of those count as a hobby? I don't think not... if you're getting paid for it and you're kind of like if you're getting paid for it or if it's bringing you success or prestige, it's not a hobby anymore. Like to me, a hobby is something that you do in private. OK, nobody cares about. You don't get anything for it. You're just doing it for you. This is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> this is this is what this was the hook that I wanted that will get us into the book. And I don't script my shows. I didn't know this was coming, but this is perfect. All right. <laughs> We have a term, hobbies, right? We may think we have shared understanding around what that term means, but for you and I, clearly, it has different meaning, different value, different interpretations, and they're both 100% correct, valuable, important. And your journey, while it may be different than mine, the quest is similar. We want to interest, whatever the case may be. We could also look at the dictionary definition of hobby. And it would say X, and we might say, eh, that doesn't really resonate for me. All right. We're now talking about this idea of self-care or self Wait, Before we go there, so yeah, what is your definition yeah. of hobby, though? Is your, like, is this I think podcast it's any, a hobby for you? Yeah, it could count as a hobby for sure. It's, it's oh. any activity in parallel with a core interest that brings any sort of engagement. So I keep it really open and really broad because that okay. way it can all just be really inclusive. It's everyone in the pot. I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker. I love drinking coffee. I roast my own. I have all my own, but there's no wrong answer when it comes to drinking coffee. If you're enjoying it, whatever's in your cup is great. Whatever works for you to call something a hobby for me is totally fine. I want to talk about it. Okay. I, I wouldn't want you to not share something with me as your hobby, as you understand it, because you uh -huh. would think I won't accept it as something of value. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think the difference for me is that I sort of turned all of my hobbies into careers because I okay. don't like having, and the reason is because I don't like having a boss. Love it. So that's why, you know, even with social media, I turned that into Gemma. You know, it was sort of like, it's just kind of like anything that I find myself really enjoying doing. I think I have this, and this is, there's, to be clear, there's costs to this and it's not sure. all just like rosy um, because I am a workaholic. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, we've got, we've got, we've got a big table, lots of chairs, yeah, lots of places yeah, for people to yeah, sit. We're all yeah. welcome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I like that. I like what you're saying, but I think that's, that is a nice segue to self-care because it's this one word, like all of these different words, especially the buzzwords yes. have so many different meanings and it's they really have so easy many different meanings, trapped. but yeah. here's the problem that I see. And the take that you have is one that I like a great deal for me. And, and there's a reason I don't read this sort of book at night because they wake me up. 
I will read something that I'll, ooh, I'm going to cogitate and I'm going to think about for a while. And it's in your intro, and I wrote it down. <laughs> if it's someone else's answer, it can never be your solution. I love that. I absolutely loved it. And I think that that, if nothing else, is is almost like the central dogma moving through what you've created here and this idea of how do we think about these terms, self-care, wellness, burnout, resilience, whatever. Your interpretation is the is the road. What worked for someone else or how someone else defines it, whether it's hobbies or caring for yourself it's really hard to overlay someone else's or some other entity's interpretation of it and expect yourself to execute on it does that make sense yes 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 so you know the the book and like my whole conceptualization of what is real self-care is coming not only from my clinical practice, yeah. but also like my personal experience. And yeah. so it's like, I think for me, what I was seeing with my patients is like, so quote unquote self-care, whether it's like a bubble bath or a yoga class or the meditation yeah. app, it's like another thing on the to-do list that you're supposed to be doing. That's again, somebody else told you that you're supposed to be doing and nobody has time, right? And so then especially women, because that's my patient population. I only work with women and people who identify as women. And mostly moms is also my patient population. Like, they don't have time for any of this, right? And so then it, you feel bad and you feel guilty. And so my work is, like, one piece of my work is, like, saying, well, no, the problem's not inside of us. The problem is in these toxic systems, whether it's the healthcare system, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's, you know, investment banking, whether it's, you know, all of these systems that we live inside, that's where the problem lies. But then the other piece, what this book really does is it says, okay, no. So actual work of self-care is your decision-making. So like a, a massage is a method. Again, a mani-pedi is a method. And that's great. I'm not knocking those methods. But the problem is that a method only works for like a discrete period of time or for a very specific problem. And so we need these actual internal principles because that's the actual work of figuring out, well, what really is important to me in my life? What do I really care about? And the other piece that I want to like stress is like none of this is revolutionary. Like these principles aren't like some sort of genius thing. It's like, you know, just setting boundaries learning how to do self-compassion, which is, I would say, one of the hardest things, um, getting clear on your values, like all of that is the same stuff that everybody talks about. I'm not claiming that this is like somehow like totally revolutionary, but I will say like the thing that I makes me so excited about it is just that like going back to like the Audre Lorde conceptualization of self-care, like this is self-preservation. So you have to understand that this is actually the fourth principle is power. Like you are taking your agency back from whether it's a toxic healthcare system, whether it's your residency training program, like whatever it is, you making your own choices, you deciding what you care about and what matters. That's how you take your power back. And um, nobody else can do that for you. Like, I think that's the key thing that sticks out in the practice in the book and in that, what for me is that central dogma. If it's someone else's answer, it can never be your solution. All the things that you just said, they could easily be dismissed as platitudes. Take care of yourself. Take age. Like, 
I, I've heard that. I know. <laughs> but but getting infrastructure and more importantly, that strategic viewpoint and that situational awareness of the why and the where it came from, the history behind it. I'm a history major, so we're all why is it like this? And why do you feel like that? And why are you so disempowered in position X, position Y, and position Z? That's that breaks away from it being like something that you get on a flashcard or a PowerPoint deck to something that's like, I have to do some 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 inventory here. And the answer isn't also here. And I'm not being I'm not being told to buy something for 1995 to execute it either. It's there's hard work ahead. And I like that your book doesn't shy away from this isn't the answer. It's the first step of a long journey. And that's brave because people will often come to these books like you kind of laid out, like this is the massage and it's going to fix everything. It's not. But it will it will start a different journey for you. Was that an intentional process in terms of how you wanted to frame this and put it into the put it into the world for consumption? It was so intentional. And so it makes me really happy that you picked that out and um, you know, are highlighting it right now because I was really apprehensive and nervous about writing a self-help book because I don't want people even that to... term, right? That term. Yeah, even subsumed. that term, right. You and say it's it, like, oh, I'm like cringing and like I'm like, yeah. I don't want I'm not like claiming to have answers. Um and uh I'm also not claiming that any of this is easy. Like right. it's like I just wanted to be really honest about the fact that there isn't one answer. There's actually like hundreds of answers, right? Like you have to That's find right. your own. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think like, so that was me using my own real self-care process as I was writing the book to make it really feel like this is my own and bringing myself to it, which maybe won't sell as many books, you know? Cause I do think, I do think that like, we do live in a culture where people really want a quick fix, right? People want to feel better. And I understand that, right? Like the world sucks. Everything's on fire. It's all terrible. Everything's expensive. Like there's a huge list of reasons why you're just like, I just want someone or something to tell me how to fix this and what to do. Um, and I think it's like, it's hard for me. I like, I can't be that person because I always roll my eyes at that person. So I, you know, it's like, I just kind of wanted to write something that felt like I was elevating the conversation. And I'm also it was sort of like, it's like how I talk to my patients too, yeah, where it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, this isn't easy. Yes. Yes. We can do an SSRI, right? Like we can start an SSRI. We can meet once a week for therapy and we're going to talk. And like at the end of that, like that doesn't mean all of your problems go away either. Right. <laughs> right. No. And I, like you said, you kind of you, you might have the feeling of rolling your eyes at that person who just wants that quick fix. I, I feel that same way sometimes. And I also feel bad for them because they're a mark, right? Yeah, they're an yeah. easy target for people who are bringing the thirty nine ninety five six week this, you know, yeah. module that yeah. um, course this. It, it doesn't it just doesn't work that way. And I think we've yeah. all learned that the hard way. And I'm no different. I mean, my gosh, like I've speak from a hard one experience, not because I'm somehow enlightened. Like I have walked those roads and felt the frustration of, wait a minute, I kind of feel like this wasn't what I was expecting. And my pocket's a lot lighter. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think that, also, I mean, hopefully I, you don't get like hate mail for me saying this, but I do think the physician community in particular has, you know, is kind of saturated with that when it comes to coaches and, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I like worry about that. In it's hard. Community. I agree with you. It's really difficult. And, and part of the reason is, is I feel like our profession at large, the whole scope of healthcare professionals are a ripe market for anyone who wants to bring something, right? There's lots of, there's lots. There's usually organizational, the organizations are big with, with large budgets, whether they're, however they're used or not, their, their operating budgets are huge. Healthcare professionals, physicians, nurses, we, we make money, right? We have a, we have an income, so we may have some expendable income. So lots of forces want to tap into that. Yeah. If they can, right, the, if they can commoditize terms that we're struggling with, resilience, burnout, courage, and, and wellness, and somehow by taking these terms that we're struggling with that are hard for us and commoditize them, that we've seen over and over, like we, we get picked off by that. And yeah. it's a real challenge. I think a lot of people come in with the right perspective, and yet they fall into that place of something else being marketed, I guess. And it's really tricky. It's a hard road to navigate because even with the best of intentions, you can't control how someone's going to take it on board when you're marketing the next burnout cure. Yeah. Yeah. And with, I mean, yeah, this whole topic, like you, you have brought something really valuable into a very fraught place in my mind, which like I said, I don't read these books at night because <laughs> I get kind of worked up. Um, and it's someone else is bringing their answer to the equation. And you, I feel like have given people a nice refresher on your answer is there but you got to do really hard work to find it. The person that you meet somewhere else, they have not walked the same road as you and they may care for you and want you to be successful. And that's great. But the hard work is going to be done by you to yeah. get where you want to go. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. You're what you're talking about right now is reminding me of when I was going through my um, existential, existential life, you know, just all of the things that I went through about a decade ago when I left residency, um, I had a resident colleague who was in my class and it was clear at that time that I was so conflicted about medicine, about my life. Like I was just questioning everything and, um, and depressed and, you know, and she said something to me, she said, just know that everyone who you ask for advice, like their advice is coming from their own agenda and not in a malicious way, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. necessarily malicious, but um, it, and that kind of stuck with me. That was a really nice gift that she gave mm -hmm. me. Um, Cause I spent a lot of time during that process of like deciding whether to stay or to go. And, and ultimately I left and, you know, and so it was like understanding that like sometimes like the other piece of this too is like, sometimes you're just so broken that you have to break everything else. And then you, then you figure out how to pick up the pieces. Um, and it's usually not a, uh, it's usually like a pretty destructive path. It doesn't have, it doesn't always have to be, but for me it was. And so in writing this book, I think there was also um, having to overcome like a lot of shame. And of course I've been in, I've been in psychoanalysis now for, I guess, like seven years, like on the couch, you know, the type where you lay on the couch. And so I had to go through a lot of my own healing, but I always am a little bit nervous, like talking to other physicians and like in sort of like physician spaces of like, is every going to be, everyone be like, Oh my God, Pooja, like what she's, she's certifiable, you know? <laughs> 
And um, I lost my thread, but um, something that you said about like, you have to follow your own answers. And sometimes those answers might be wrong, but like, if you are strong headed and you think that that's what you have to do, like for me, at least I was the type of person that I just had to do it. I had to see, I had to learn for myself, even right. though it was hard. And then there's the counterpoint, right? Which I also love and I will stand behind is that it's also great to have guidance and coaching and mentorship. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. acknowledging, like you said, those people will not because they're bad people or ill-intentioned, but they'll have their own agenda and life goals and views and their mm-hmm. own perceptions of what they think you might need or benefit from when you've sought their counsel. Doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. I love being coached. I love reaching out to people for advice. I love sending things to you. Hey, what do you think about this idea? They can both be true, but they're both still part of the work. And yeah. I think that, um, that's the challenge that you've been able to kind of put forward here is to allow people to in part of doing the work. It's not just what does the coach tell you and do every last part of it. It's add that to the, add that to the soup, add that to this thing with lots of different ingredients. That's taking a long time and might not be right the first time. And I I really like that, but here's my question. Uh, One of many (laughs) in this thing of if it's someone else's answer, it can't be your solution. How do you sort of reconcile the idea that down the road, there will be people who will say, I read this book by Dr. Lakshman and it was awesome for me and you should read it because it will solve problems for you too. Is there ever a moment where you think to yourself, gosh, if my book becomes an answer for someone else, will it be then put forward as solutions for other people? And is that going to be, will it be a challenge or not? Will that be a success? Like, cool, this book is being viewed as a really powerful tool and I want people to spread it. Or is, could there ever be a tension there or will it be kind of more of an indicator of I've accomplished what I want and I'm really happy? Huh, that's an interesting question. I, I feel like I'm not even there yet. Like it hasn't even occurred to me that that could be a thing that happens. Interesting, yeah, yeah, um, okay. And... See, I read it like this book's gonna do well. People are gonna read it, they're gonna be excited. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna prop it, right? They're gonna move it around. They're going to talk about it on social media. You'll do interviews. These sorts of things will happen in the natural course of a of something that's of value, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll let me know. I guess I'll let you know. I, I'll yeah. let you know. I mean, I think the way that I'm thinking about it is like the thing I can control is how I show up in the conversations that I'm having about the book. And again, like coming back to the values piece, like something that I really value is being able to be myself and my whole self in whatever situation I'm in. And so that means like showing up as puja and like just kind of like being okay with um you know talking about like being transparent and sharing what feels productive and useful and not trying to be on some sort of like ivory tower high horse and um that's i think the only thing that i can control um i don't know i think it's tough it's like a tough thing cuz a book, like anything else, like a podcast, like any type of media stuff, you can only control like the one part that you touch and then everything else. Like there's so much that you have no idea how people are going to interpret or what they're going to say or how they're going to say it or all those things. So I think for me, it's also been an exercise in learning to let go of control, which I should say my, I had a, a baby last year and so he is now nine months. So, you know, of course, like the the biggest exercise in that is parenthood. <laughs> There's no question. No question about that. So the book is coming. And where do people find it? How do they find you? How do they follow you? How do they kind of, as you're figuring out some of these cool questions, 
going forward and they're thinking of their own? How do they kind of follow along? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Pooja Lakshman. Um, the book is called Real Self Care, a transformative program for redefining wellness, crystals, cleanses, and bubble baths not included. It is, um, <laughs> there's an audio book actually that it, I uh, narrated. So if you like the sound of my voice, you can do the audio book. Um, and it's on all the places, bookshop, Amazon, anywhere that you would buy a book. Um, and then my company, Gemma, which is a women's mental health platform focused on impact and equity that I founded with two colleagues, Dr. Callie Cyrus and Dr. Lucy Hutner, who are both also psychiatrists um, that similar to me are, I like to call our, us academic refugees, um, <laughs> that we, we are at GemmaWomen.com. So it was such a pleasure, Mark. And um, I hope to come back again, hopefully sooner next time. And, right. um, and keep talking. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have links to all that in the show notes. And yeah, I mean, we, we did the hard work to make this happen, right? I mean, <laughs> half a decade worth of like exchanging <laughs> schedules and hopefully the next time it'll go a little bit, a little bit easier, but you'll definitely have to come back, but this is awesome. I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad that the, the book is out and well done to you for, for putting in the, the sweat equity to get this done. And now we can all kind of learn from it, but having you all was an absolute treat. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you for coming on. My thanks once again to Pooja for joining me on this episode of Explore the Space Podcast. This was an absolute treat, totally worth the wait. Took a long time to pull off, but boy, I think we really nailed it. And uh, you know, getting to discuss this book and getting to discuss this topic of how we take care of ourselves, and you know, seeing someone write a book like Pooja's Real Self Care. Links in the show notes. You know, it's, it's important. We we need to maintain good situational awareness around what the right ways to do this are and how to individualize it and how to be mindful of things that may be effective and also things that may not. And I think the more that we can do this, the better. And, and conversations like this, I think, are powerful drivers for that sort of improvement. Thank you also to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping to make this episode possible. If you have not already, definitely go check out the website, www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. The conference is September 22nd and 23rd in Chicago. It's not to be missed. It's absolutely fantastic. I attended last year as we were finally able to meet together in person. Explore the Space will be sponsoring again this year. The people that go, the topics that come up, the opportunities for learning, regardless of your gender identity, are really exceptional. It's a very, very special thing. And the collaboration and sense of community that comes out of it is just fantastic. So definitely check it out. Definitely consider registering and hope to see you in Chicago in September. Definitely check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast, www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can email me, mark at explorethespaceshow.com as well. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and please do check out the merchandise store for Explore the Space Show, www.explorethespaceshow.com forward slash merch. We will be back soon with more great content. We are cranking out Med Lasso episodes. Make sure you catch up on those if you enjoy the TV show Ted Lasso. And there will be more Explore the Space content to come soon. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.